The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at schmitz.com. The following program is also underwritten in part by... My dog Annie recently broke her leg. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, you're not going to believe this. I'm sorry, I had to go verify this. Almost didn't make it into the studio with time. Today we are having on, wait for this, a politician that is good and loves animals. That's an oxymoron, Hal. Yeah, that's just... Freak you out there. Yeah. This is true. I had to verify this. This is a animal-loving mayor. The mayor of Attleboro, Massachusetts will be joining us. He has a very pet-friendly Capitol building. I understand that it's pet-friendly in that you can bring your animals into the building, into work. But more importantly, his dog, Mira, who is a, uh, uh, I believe, a Japanese wolf hound. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, has cancer, unfortunately. He decided that he would take Mura across the country on a road trip. Wow. Kind of her last trip across, and then spend time with her. How awesome is that? Oh, like, a, like a bucket list thing? Sort of like a bucket list thing. And the great news is that Mura is still around, oh, that's still alive. News. So this is, this is a, a touching story, but it won't be a tearjerker Good. for you. And that's coming up. We're going to talk to the mayor of Attleboro, Massachusetts, Paul Hero. I asked you how to pronounce his name, and what did you say? It's kind of like a dog would say hello. Hello? Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Scooby snack. Yes, exactly. So Paul Hello will be joining us in just a few minutes. Lori, what are you working on? Uh, for you cat lovers like Hal. Well, mm-hmm. we all love cats, but I mean, cats, you know, Hal is cat crazy. I am cat um, crazy. I got, I got a Christmas tree to tell you about that is made just for cat lovers. <laughs> Okay, that's on the way. Is it just like bear, nothing there, just sticks? <laughs> I cannot wait because, of course, I haven't started my Christmas shopping yet. We have, what, 10 days left. 10 days left. Hard to believe. No, you only have nine. You can't Yeah, I'll Christmas start on my day. ninth day. Yeah. Yes, of course. Jeez, but Al. we don't have to go over that or mill that over that. I get my animals all kinds of great gifts. I've already shopped for them. It's the humans in my life I have a little trouble with. I could shop for animals all day long. It's my MO every year, and I'm ashamed to say I always go to the pet store first, and that's how I start my <laughs> shopping. And then I start to build up the momentum to try to deal with people. <laughs> See, I just give cash to my kids and grandkids. I can't deal with But you with can't shopping. do that with, with your cat. I mean, you can give your cat cash. But, but... yeah, my dog would just chew it up. So, <laughs> yeah. mm, that's yummy. <laughs> so, where did you get the animals? Um, so we did get some um, new beds. Um, I got some new um, treats, um, dental care, dental chews. And then we are collecting at my office every year. We've been collecting for the homeless pets in the uh, Las Vegas area. So um, I got a bunch of harnesses, leashes, and um, items for them. So um, Yay, that's a, a great cause. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And actually, I had a whole mess load of stuff. It made me feel very good that it wasn't all just spoiling my critters. I was trying to help somebody else take care of theirs. Oh, good. 
Good. Awesome. Well, we'll spend on average two hundred and thirty dollars on our pets this Christmas wow. per pet. So wow. if you if you haven't even started that doing that, you got to start now. Like if you only spent fifty cents so far on them, you're a lot to go. I might have to work overtime today, guys. <laughs> uh, let's see, Doctor Debbie, do you want to take some calls? It looks like all five lines are ringing. I think we better do it. We have Jason on the phone. Hey, Jason, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? From Lake Forest, California. Okay. What's going on? How can we help you? Um, well, I have a question because uh, I have a pug. She's uh, seven years old, and it seems like every night uh, when we play with her, she'll like it's like she's like trying to cough up a hairball. Okay. And it never happens during the day. It's mostly at night. So I don't know if there's something I need to get checked out or. So when she's doing it, um, is it, I'm going to get kind of vocal here. Is it like a, or is it more of a. No, it's the first one. First one more like a. Yeah. Like she's got something stuck in her throat. Okay. So um, the reason there's a lot of distinctions here is because there's overlap in how a lot of these different things can sound. So gagging, coughing, uh, reverse sneezing, regurgitating, all of them can kind of just as a description sound very similar. So there's a lot to be gained from seeing and hearing it. So this is a great reason why I do love video in the veterinary office. So use your smartphone, get a little video audio clip, and um, that, that can mean a lot. Um, yeah. And you're saying this is only happening at night when she's asleep or if she's No, we'll, doing we'll be like um, playing with her at night. She, she gets very playful before it's time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. So she, she wants to play on the bed and kind of mess around. And then maybe like a minute into it, playing like, you know, fetch or tug of war or something like that, she'll just stop and start the, the, start the sound. Okay. The sound, And yeah. then just... Does she have any other problems um, as far as keeping up on walks, um, eating food? No, she food? goes running with my wife. Um, she's a good eater. She eats a lot. She goes running as in jogging? Yeah. Oh, okay. And she tolerates that okay? Yeah, she tolerates that fine. Oh, okay. And so I'm assuming if she goes jogging, she's probably not uh, a chubby pug? She's not an overly chubby pug, no. Okay. All right, because that is a big battle. And anytime we're dealing with things of respiratory type sounds and abnormalities, that's the first one of the first questions I go to is, is your pug fat or not? (laughs) And there's a little bit of. Yeah, she's not a fat pug. Okay, because and pugs, you know, they're kind of built stocky anyway. So sometimes that's a kind of a loaded question when we say, is your pug fat? Because, you know, nobody wants yeah. to admit it. <laughs> it's kind of their build. So there definitely are a couple of things that come to mind with what you're describing. And I do think that video would be helpful. But I do think of problems that can relate to the trachea um, as far as whether the size of the trachea may be normal. Um, also, pugs being a brachycephalic dog, a dog with a squished in face, yeah. they inherently can have a lot of different um, physical changes in their airway structures that can make it more challenging to get air on a good day. Um, sometimes when they are um, excited or if they're exercising or if there's um, a lot of emotion going on, we might be more prone to see some difficulties with those things at that time. Um, so for me, I would say, oh, I'd love to see your baby in front of me, take a good look, a good listen. I don't think taking a chest x-ray would be out of line, um, just to check the size of the airway structures and to see, because also pugs can have some uh, higher propensity for 
bronchial disease, so for some different kinds of lower airway disease where their airways can actually collapse, um, usually as a result of their kind of brachycephalic problems um, yeah. where they're always kind of struggling to get a good um, solid breath of air. We've had her for about a year because we rescued her, and mm-hmm. it, it, she has, it wasn't the whole time. It's basically maybe been for like maybe the last six months. So mm-hmm. I know when we first got her, there was a lot of, you know, how they pant and make that almost a snoring noise uh-huh. like for the first three days. And we were all freaked out. We thought she was sick. But she you were just, just getting used to the pug sounds. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> the snorkeling and all that. Now, and that is part of the puggy nature. But the thing that I will tell you is that that noise is basically a symptom that we don't have clear flow. We have turbulent airflow when we're hearing all those. Uh-huh. So like like a person with sleep apnea, that can put stress on the heart and on the respiratory tract. So if you hear a lot of those respiratory sounds, you know, don't just assume it's just being a pug. Um, I often like to, to do a thorough exam. And sometimes that means looking in the back of the throat to see what some of those structures look like. And that's usually done under a little bit of sedation or anesthesia. But uh-huh. there, there are some things that can be corrected, some very simply before we get a lot of more end-stage um, airway problems that can set in. So for pugs, Boston Terriers, English Bulldogs, um, you know, the, the cute little snorkely sounds are cute, but, you know, we, we can't overlook that p- potential that we can help out, um, improve the quality of life, and prevent some of these long-term um, airway problems they can get. Okay. So, so, so I would um, say, yeah. you have an email where I can maybe send you the video of her? Oh, sure. Um, I'm at uh, DocDebbie at um, AnimalRadio.com, right? Yes. Cal? Yes. Cal's <laughs> <laughs> my secretary. I'm trying to check it. <laughs> that, that is D-O-C, D-E-B-B-I-E, at yes. AnimalRadio.com. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. And I, I uh, definitely enjoy looking at that. Um, I do try to impersonate sounds a little bit better if I have a feel where we're going with things. So <laughs> yeah. I can always uh, uh, share that in another follow-up call if you have other information we can go on. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself there. I love all the noises you make. You know, it's fun. I, you know, that's part of the, the fun and the art of veterinary practice is it's, it's not just sitting there and guessing what it is. You know, we, we have to sometimes impersonate the sounds, you know, smell things that are gross um, and, uh, you know, think like the animals. one 405 for Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani, the dog father. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Embrace Pet Insurance, providing nose-to-tail accident and illness coverage for your dog or cat that can be customized to fit your budget and needs. Simply take your dog or cat to any vet, submit a claim form, and get reimbursed quickly. For more information, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a quote. And thanks, Embrace, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers on Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. (laughs) And now an Animal Radio news brief. A dog has undergone emergency surgery to remove a tennis ball after it became lodged in his abdomen. Two-year-old Husky Cross Pax needed this operation after the ball was spotted on an x-ray a week after he swallowed it. You know what? My dog, he'll stuff four balls in his mouth at the dog park. 
The owner had taken her pet to the PDSA in her hometown of Brighton after he stopped eating. He was sick and he became really lethargic. Well, the vet said that this was a life-or-death situation. Without surgery, it's likely that Pax would have died. As with all major operations, there are risks, but it was the only option they had. So they did emergency surgery. They carried it out. The tennis ball was removed intact, and Pax was allowed home the exact same day and recovered pretty well, although he's got a 10-inch scar. But still, I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more Animal Breaking News at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at AnimalRadio.pet. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618. That's 888-785-0618. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It is Animal Radio, and when Judy is not booking guests for the show, she's often surfing Facebook and other social media, looking at videos. It's part of the job. Well, it is part of the job. In fact, today's guest you found on Facebook, I believe. Paul Haro, he's the mayor of Attleboro, Massachusetts, and his dog, unfortunately, has cancer. And so he figured he would spend some time and travel across the country with his dog. That's awesome. It is. And he documented it. I believe he uh, did it all on Facebook, and it went viral, and, and then Judy saw it, and Judy said... I want to talk to him. Cool. So we have him on the show today, right? Yes, we do. He's going to be one of our guests, so we can hear a little bit more about his trip with his dog. Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes. Joey, what are you working on for today? Well, you know how we talk about plucking hair out of pet's out of your dog's ears. Well, I want to talk about it because a lot of things have changed over the past few years, and tell the people what you know what's what's new and exciting about that. Not that that's very exciting, but that's the words I just came up with. Yeah, it's, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Anytime you really, mention, I am always waiting for the latest on ear hair, Joey. Yeah, that's my exact sentiments. Thank you. You, you know for what? <laughs> Honestly, on a, if you have a dog with chronic ear infections because of it, then you would be. You know, so I'm sure there's people out there that can't wait to hear what I have to say. So there. Very serious ear hair talk on the way. If you want to talk to Joey or Dr. Debbie, toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We're about ten minutes away from a check of the news in the Animal Radio newsroom. Miss Lori Brooks, what are you working on for this hour? Well, not nearly as exciting as ear hair, Hal. But we do have some new numbers, and it just tells us how much the pet care industry is exploding. Great investment time. Hi, Beverly. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? 
Charleston, West Virginia. Charleston, West Char- Virginia. Charleston, West Virginia. Okay. Can you get a little nearer to the phone? Are you near on the phone? Are you on a speaker phone? Yeah, I'm on a phone, but uh, I don't know. It comes and goes. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, tell us, what is your problem? I got everybody here for you. Uh, uh, the revolution you put on a cat. Do you have to put it on every month? I have an inside cat, and I was just wondering if you have to do it every month. Yeah. Well, um, in West Virginia, you're you're definitely in heartworm endemic areas there. So in areas where we have heartworms and the vector, which is the mosquito, um, those pets, if the climate is such that um, the local veterinarians are recommending year-round protection, you want to follow through and, and make sure you do give that heartworm treatment every month, the heartworm preventative every month. Um, so it is important to be consistent. You don't want to miss doses. Um, you know, missing one dose. And, you know, it's been shown that the efficacy is pretty close to 100% just by missing, you know, one month and picking it up thereafter. But you get two months or more out, and certainly there's going to be a risk that you can acquire the infection. So um, it is important to try to stay to every 30 days, um, give that consistently. And, you know, the thing I will bring up is that heartworm disease in cats is very different than in dogs. In dogs, um, we tend to know about it a little bit more readily. Um, of course, it's, you know, they get into end-stage um, uh, problems when we notice it. But with cats, it actually looks like a lot of other diseases. They may have symptoms of vomiting, uh, loss of appetite, weight loss, um, sometimes coughing and respiratory problems, but it really doesn't scream a diagnosis of this cat has heartworm. Um, and of cats that have heartworm disease, believe it or not, 25 to 30 percent of cats, uh, when their owners were surveyed after the fact of diagnosis, those cats were indoor exclusive cats. So outdoor cats have a higher potential infection rate, but just because you have an indoor cat doesn't mean those mosquitoes don't go inside. So um, that is not a good reason not to keep up with that preventative. So I'm going to advocate, try to stay true, give that um, preventative once a month. Uh, Can I ask you something else? Sure. What's those things you put on animals to track them? Those chips? Microchip. Yeah, we were just talking about that in the one of the last shows. Uh, Don't they cause cancer after a certain a, a while? Well, the product that, that we were talking about is one that's not even yet on the market, so we can't really fully answer that yet. Um, now, in reference to regular microchips, which have been on the market for forever, um, those the risk there has been a study that was released a few years back, and it created a lot of concern in my my clients. And the study was one that was made in rodents, and it showed that rodents that had a microchip implanted had a risk of tumor formation, and while there is some potential risk in dogs and cats, um, the problem, there's a lot of problems with this particular study that got people upset. They used rodents in that study that actually had a genetic gene for the tendency to develop tumors. So that's really not looking in the life population of dogs and cats that we have out there. Um, and when you really look at the risk of tumor formation in dogs and cats from microchips, we're talking maybe one in a million. Whereas, think of all the thousands of dogs and cats that are euthanized on a regular basis at shelters because they can't get home to their families. So microchips, in my opinion, are very life-saving, and I would say the risk of tumor formation is very minimal um, compared to the other um, potential uh, dangers of of not uh, having a microchip. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your call today, Beverly. Have a good day. 
Yeah, you know, you got to weigh out the risks there. And obviously, if you lose your animal and it, and it ends up in a shelter and it's going to be put to sleep or euthanized because it hasn't been found, its owner hasn't been found, much bigger risk than developing any kind of, what, sarcoma or anything around right. the microchip. And you know what's really interesting is in, in, in England, over 50% of dogs and cats are microchipped. And when they looked at a period of time over about 10 years and looked at the tumor formation possibility within all those animals, they only found two tumors. Hmm. So, you know, in a, wow. in a, that's, in that's a country, a, yeah, yeah, I mean, in a country that really embraces microchipping in their pet population is far greater than what we have here. Um, I think that speaks a lot to kind of hopefully calm a lot of people with this. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, earlier this year it was reported that last year Americans spent a staggering $69.5 billion on their pets. Well, that number topped projected estimates for the year. But now there's a new report out that indicates that even those figures were conservative and total U.S. pet spending last year actually hit $77.1 billion. Wow. So, yeah, if you have investments in anything pet-related, it should be increasing. Now, that's a a notable nearly 15% increase over spending in 2016, so... What exactly were pet owners spending so much money on? Well, pet food took the top spending spot, of course, and experts attribute the growth mainly to the trend toward feeding dogs and cats organic, raw, and premium foods. And according to the blog Pet Business Professor, consumers across all income levels spent more on pet food in 2017 than the year before and Forecasters predict that specialty pet diets will be one of the biggest pet care trends of next year. Now, spending on pet supplies and veterinary care also increased last year. The only segment that saw a little bit of a decline was pet services. Go figure. But here's how they explain it. It's believed that pet owners kind of traded some of the money they would have normally used for pet services to spend more in other categories. Now, however, it is still way too early to report accurate numbers of what we're expecting this year, but pet spending is expected to increase about 3.5% or a little more overall for this year. And next week, we will reveal the top pet care trends for next year. Now, cat lovers who celebrate Christmas... Uh, You know where I'm going, don't you? Your tree prayers may have just been answered. There's a company called Argos, which is a retailer over in the UK. They are now selling six-foot-tall, what they call half-parasol trees. If that leaves you kind of like, hmm. Uh, Picture an artificial Christmas tree with no limbs on the bottom three feet of the tree. 
just a stick because it is artificial. But still, the diameter of the lowest branches is about four feet, so it's a good size. The half parasol Christmas tree sells for about $43. And if you want the flocked version, that's about five bucks more, so 48 You know, I saw that, and I thought that would be a challenge for my cat. That wouldn't deter him. He would just jump up and get it. You know, I thought that too, but it does, I think it will help with dogs, especially smaller dogs. Uh, Maybe it'll help with cats. Uh, I don't think though, Judy, that it will help with kittens. Yeah, they'll just climb the the center pole. Right. It might be a new toy or a new Christmas present. Um, I do have a tearjerker alert for you guys. Uh Uh, It was an emotional reunion that took place recently between uh, a family in New York and their dog that ran away. Now, this dog was really, really special to this family. Its name was Sinatra, and it had belonged to the family's son who had died. was a teenager and had died after a tragic gun accident about three years ago. So you can imagine, they just wanted everything that belonged to their son. Well, the five-year-old, blue-eyed, brown-and-white husky named Sinatra ran away. This was from New York, right? Somehow, Sinatra ends up in Florida. The family that found him, they tried finding the owners, but the phone number on the microchip was off by one digit. Some people might have thought, oh, he's meant to be mine. So they turned to social media. They did everything, and they did end up finding the owners. It still does remain a mystery, however, exactly how Sinatra traveled 1,200 miles from New York to Florida, but the dog's family, he's home now, says having him back is better than Christmas. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. We are truly blessed to have the dog father, Joey Volani, on Animal Radio. If you want to talk to him, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. What's up today? Well, I want to talk about, um, this is a topic that comes up a lot, and um, it's about when you're grooming your pet, um, do I remove the hair out of the ears or do I not? And I've spoken about this before, but it it, it seems to still come up a a lot in, in, in the conversation. And... It, it, it's funny because when I first learned how to how to groom, um, we were taught that you remove all the hair out of out of dogs' ears that had excessive hair growth, um, and usually the dogs that shed um, is 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 probably the best way that um, I can explain that they don't have much much hair, so you leave it alone. But the dogs that don't shed, like your poodles, your Shih Tzus, your Maltese's, and there are some exceptions, like Cocker Spaniels, don't have that type of hair, but. The dogs that do is you put powder in, which actually dries the ear canal. What kind of powder? Like talcum powder? No, it's 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 a um it's ear powder. And basically what it is, it's 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 a special powder that has um some antibiotic properties to it, but it's more or less so you can get a grip so you can you can remove it. And it's not, I'm sure it's not comfortable, um, because you're you know, pulling it's like plucking eyebrows, um maybe a little bit maybe a little bit um um more for, you know. Again, I don't I don't know, but I know the pets usually don't like it. Bottom line is this, um now they are saying that you shouldn't be doing it. And the reason why, and I completely agree with this because it makes a whole lot of sense. What happens is 
when you're removing it, if your tools, number one, aren't sterile doing it, um, you're opening up and, and basically what you're doing is you're causing trauma to the skin inside of the ear canal. So if you have any type of bacteria or anything that, 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 that's on the equipment, again, that's going right now onto that irritated skin that um, is now going you know, into the skin and can cause more of an infection. To be honest with you, unless it's bothering your pet or your pet has ear infections, I would leave it up to your veterinarian and not your groomer or yourself to remove the hair unless the vet is saying, you know what, tell your groomer to do it. Otherwise, leave it there. If it's not bothering, leave it alone. And that is just my personal suggestion because the controversy goes on and on and on. But... If it's not if it's not hurting, let it be. You know, I'd keep telling my wife just to leave my ear hair alone, and just to let it grow. There's nothing wrong with that air here, here hair. Well, you know, he just said if it's bothering them, well, it's bothering your wife, so it is bothering somebody. Well, that's because you, you you twirl it around the back of your ear, so you know it looks like you know it looks like your the hair from the top of your head. It's a comb over from my just, ear. You know, yes, yeah. uh, it's a ear comb over. And this one's for Dr. Debbie. We have Daryl. Is it Daryl? Yeah. Welcome to the show, Daryl. Hello. What's going on? Well, I've got a, I think, a three-year-old, three, four-year-old English Mastiff, and uh, we've we've got kind of prior problems with her, such as, you know, kidney disease and, and other, you know, pretty healthy, though. Uh, but my wife was petting her the other day, yesterday, and she uh, felt a lump on the bottom of her throat. Uh-huh. And, uh... She's got, you know, she's already got a couple little things on her back. You know, she's had checked out. They're like this or something, but not life-threatening. And uh, but she said this one just felt different. It was, you know, like it was further up in there. And, you know, she's got her a, a vet appointment for Monday to go have her looked at. But I'm curious, is that something that could be cancer or what could that be? Well, can you describe perhaps where, like, is it up by the point of the jaw, lower down around the throat area? Yeah, like lower down around the throat area. Okay. And uh, is it uh, in the skin? Can you pull it away from her body, or is it attached? You know, I'm not certain, uh, but she, like I said, she does got a couple, one that's on her back, but it's more in her skin area. It's one that you can, Mm -hmm. you know, take and and grab and pull on if you want to. It doesn't hurt her or anything. She's had it looked Mm -hmm. at by the vet, and that was that was, you know, it's nothing life-threatening or anything or nothing that's going to hurt her. But, but Yeah, and can, when you say playing with it, you know, I kind of have this thing. I'll, I'll be doing a, a physical exam with a pet and talking and listening to the, the pet parent, and I'll feel something, and, and my hands just get distracted, and I can't stop touching it. And so a lot of times with these kind of lumps and bumps, I'm already kind of playing with it while I'm talking to mom and dad. So um, I'll feel it, see if it kind of rolls in your fingertips, if it's kind of loose in the skin. That's definitely better. Um, not to say that we can't get serious growths that occur in the skin, but it's a lot better for the pet in most scenarios if it's loose in the skin, especially if we're talking about having to do some kind of surgery or removal on things there. Um, so, so I think that sounds somewhat favorable. 
in, in just in general, if it's something that changes very fast, gets very big very fast, or changes in the texture, how firm it might feel, then it definitely gets my little radar up. And I would certainly address that um, a little bit quicker than putting it off. Um, but right. yeah, and your veterinarian may want to, you know, more than just examine the area. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just take a, a needle biopsy, a little sample of that, and make some uh, microscope slides. We can look at that in our laboratory, or we'll send that out to a pathologist. And that is kind of how we can make that determination. How concerned do we really need to be? Because the honest truth is you can't detect cancer by feeling. As much as, you know, I might like to think I have good instincts, it's impossible to tell um, just by feeling, even using those characteristic guidelines that I mentioned. Um, so that needle biopsy might give you that peace of mind to say, okay, maybe not a big deal, or okay, this is something we really need to address and look into. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at RedBarnInc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's uh, go to Carolyn. Is it Carolyn or Caroline? Carolyn. How are you doing today? Well, I'm okay. I'll say that anyhow. I have a terrible cold, but that's all right. <laughs> Oh, what's going on there? I was calling because I have a dog and a cat. Actually, my daughter and son-in-laws, but we all live together. We have a terrible flea problem. Now, she used Frontline Plus. Are you familiar with that? Oh, sure. Well, that hasn't done anything for fleas. And I'd like to know if there's something that I could rub onto them to give them some relief. Like, I used Listerine on the dog one day only to find out that that's toxic to animals. I don't know. Is that true? Well, I mean, I've heard of that where people use this topically to to kill fleas. And I can tell you there's so many better things than Listerine. Um, And what concerns me is um, using something like that without really doing a full program for flea control. And if you pick any one flea product on the market, you may not get adequate flea control. So if that's all you're doing and we're not addressing other issues, then we're going to fail in attacking fleas because fleas... You know, the adults are only 5% of the life cycle, and that's what you're killing when you put a product on your pet. Now, granted, Frontline Plus does have something that helps to kill that next generation of fleas, but in many cases, um, we have to work on environmental control, and we also sometimes have to even add in some oral medications to help kill, do a kind of a quick kill for a really uncomfortable pet. Um, so there are some out there. There's one called Capstar, Comfortis, um, that help to kill those fleas very quickly and get our pets some relief. Now, 
if you're doing this all by yourself, sometimes that too can be difficult because a lot of pets with fleas have a component of allergic dermatitis, flea allergic dermatitis, and that can be miserable. If your pet is horribly itchy, scratching, losing hair, and has fleas, you may need some other help. So you may need to see your veterinarian for things like sometimes prednisone or a form of steroids to help uh, kind of squash that itch while you can really get on board and, and attack the flea cycle and, and uh, try to kill those suckers off. For and you, you don't think vinegar uh, would give them some relief? No, no. rub that on okay. them? I mean, I know it's not going to kill the fleas, but... Well, so what vinegar does, vinegar is acetic acid. So it's a very low pH, a very acidic solution. So it may repel and kind of want those, make those fleas want to take off, but it, it doesn't kill them. And it's actually going to burn the bejesus out of a dog's skin that has abraded or red skin. It, it really can hurt. So rather than go that route, I would encourage you to go with a, a more calming, soothing approach. And uh, in the veterinary office, we have a lot of great products that have colloidal oatmeal, which can be very soothing to raw, irritated skin. Um, if I use that in conjunction with something like a steroid for a pet that has flea allergy dermatitis, a lot of times we can find them some quick relief. Um, now, if you don't have that kind of product immediately available, you know, there's Aveeno, the human um, oatmeal bath soak. Um, I've used that on occasion when um, folks can't get to the veterinary office, and you basically sponge it on just like you would with a kid with chicken pox, and um, it can help to give some, some relief. But uh, if your baby is that uncomfortable and that scratching and, and unhappy, then um, I, I like to really see the vet to get something to help them out and get past that un- uncomfortable phase. And, uh, and, you know, I might encourage you to kind of mix things up a little bit with some of the flea products. So, um, as I mentioned, there are some orals you can use and sometimes even switching it up because there's some thought that fleas can become resistant to some of the common pesticides that are out there. So try another product, try Bayer's Advantix 2. Um, that has some sustained relief um, as well against some of those other generations of fleas beyond those adults. And you can um, use so. that with the Frontline Plus? You would use that in place of that, and then you would follow that up also with, say, an oral medication like Comfortis or uh, Capstar. And um, with that, you also have to look at where you where are you calling from, where what kind of state? Uh, Pennsylvania, Eastern Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay. So, you know, we also have to look at the environment. So fleas live in the house. So we have to work on vacuuming and treating the indoor environment as well. So don't worry about just treating that. We got to look at the whole environment. And uh, that's the problem. That's what the vet suggested, having the house, you call it fumigated or what. But we have so much around. And then, I mean, our dog goes out all the time. So it could bring them right back in again. That's and that's why this is a year-round battle, and uh, you really have to you know try multiple methods. So, I I definitely would encourage you to get either the professional help with an exterminator or see your vet about getting one of those products that you can use for um, bombing inside the house to help kind of do a quick kill for what's in the environment. Because it's a battle, man. You know, and even though things are getting cold and we're seeing some pretty chilly weather coming on, we can't. If you've got those fleas indoors, they're going to survive through the winter indoors. So um, this is the time to really kind of amp up your flea control. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. My pleasure. Thanks for the call and good luck. This is Dr. Debbie. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. Give us a call at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animal 
to. Groundbreaking research has found that caring for pets can improve the behavior and social interaction of troubled teens. Backed by a three-year grant from the IMS company, CBR Youth Connect set out to scientifically evaluate whether working with dogs in its innovative pet therapy program, New Leash on Life, could effectively help troubled teens. The Colorado program pairs unwanted dogs with troubled teens who then care for and train the dogs for 10 weeks prior to being placed in adoptive homes. Many teens in the program improved in some crucial areas of functioning, with gains in positive social behavior, including bonding and attachment, anger management, and responsibility. The dogs improved, too. You can adopt one at PetFinder.com. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal Radio. That's my dog, Annie. She's healthy now, but recently she broke her leg and I had to rush her to the vet. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. They covered her surgery and reimbursed the claim quickly. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses that you can personalize to fit your budget. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a free quote. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Visit EmbracePetInsurance.com for coverage details. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And if you just tuned in this hour, you'll be happy to know that the mayor of Attleboro, Massachusetts, will be joining us. Why? Because he loves animals, he loves pets, and he loves his dog, Mura, who has cancer, and he's just taken Mura across the country on a road trip. Just the two of them. Just How the two. Special. A little bonding Aww, experience. Yeah. We're going to head to the phone. It's toll free for your calls at 1 866 405 8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry. Uh, Lori, what are you working on in the newsroom? Uh, something like you've never heard before okay. there is a new therapy pet roaming one of the nation's airports. But it's, it's not what you think. It's not like a passenger taking on a peacock or something like that. This is what the airport is saying here. This is our pet to de-stress you passengers. Oh. And it's not really what you would think of as a, you know, soft. It's not soft at all kind of pet. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. That's on the way. I cannot wait for that. Uh, where is it? What airport? Uh, Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay, let's see what mm-hmm. would be a good therapy. That's pet the Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport. Oh, there. know it well. Okay. Uh, toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I'm looking up on the board here. It says possum. Possum call. And More possums. We've been talking a lot about these critters lately. <laughs> we have. Last week we talked to uh, what was her name? Denise James. The possum lady. No, no that no. wasn't it. No, it was <laughs> Leah Murray. Oh, Leah Murray, the yes. possum lady. Yes. She has a bunch of possums. Uh, so let's find out what this is all about. We have uh, Dennis on the phone. Hi, Dennis. Hello. Hey, Dr. Debbie. Hey there. What's going on? Well, I heard you guys talking about possums yesterday. And uh, about 35 years ago, I lived in Los Angeles. Um, uh, we saw a possum get hit and all these little babies roll off it. So I got one. And I had it, I had it for a pet for about three years. And Indoors? Was, I know I have it in a cage right outside my backyard, but I used to carry it when I was young on my shoulder, when it was small enough, and uh-huh. walked around. They loved it up there. It never bit, you know, it's actually very tame. 
And, uh, uh, you know, then it got big enough I couldn't really put it in. But uh, I'd put it when I was little in the back of my hood or my sweatshirt and walk around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was really a sweet little critter. And uh, let's see, his name was Foamy. Foamy. Foamy, because we'd hold him by his tail and carry, you know, he'd wrap his tail around your fingers and just drool. So we called him Foamy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I would be afraid that he had rabies if he was foaming. Uh, no, yeah. No, he just had his mouth open drooling. But um, it was, uh, yeah, about three years, and when I got rid of him, I, yeah, I figured I'd let him go, or her, I'm not really sure what it was. But I painted his toenails red and put two red stripes down its back. And at midnight, I let it go in the Merrymaker bar. And made it clear people were running all over leaving that place. They didn't know what it was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And we saw it occasionally. You know, it, it lived and hung out down near the bay. But uh, you should see them fly out of that place. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but it was a great possum. Uh, I, uh. I don't know anybody else who had one. Yeah, well, well, you know, obviously we've had quite a bit of coverage. We've been talking about them a lot. You know, they 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 are a kind of a natural species we do have in the U.S., and um, so they're out there. They're just not generally pets because of you know the rabies concern with the wild yep. um, exposed um, you know possums, and, they're not and also yeah, yeah, and and they're not always um, when they get coming of age. They're not always a, a good pet um, because of yep. their handling and their aggression. So um, they're really Really not uh, for the not for mild at heart. <laughs> well, I was, I was 21, and you know, I, I was a ranger at Lopez Lake, and I, I raised uh, raptors when I was a kid. So I figured a possum might be fun. Yeah. Sure, sure. I do have a question for you, though. I and I can't. I ask everybody, and no one knows. Are possums native to the Americas? Because I thought all marsupials were like Australia and Tasmania. No, so you know we. Uh, so we, and this is what we were talking about last time was that there is a possum um, in Australia, which is native down there. But yeah, so the Virginia possum, um, opossum, is uh, native to North America, and originally they were from Central America. But you know, around the 1900s, they ended up um, kind of working their way north, and so they're pretty much indigenous to Mexico, the South, the East uh, Coast, and Central U.S., and then a little bit on the West Coast. Uh, but we really don't see many possums. Um, in the wild and like the Rockies and kind of in that aspect of the country. Well, you know, 40, but yeah. 40 years ago, there were far more than there are now. Yeah. I mean, everything, the, you know, I've lived here 41 years and in the same place, and I do kind of the same drive down near the bay, and there's just less wildlife everywhere. I've seen. Yeah, well, a lot of cars. Cars are what takes ah, some of these guys out. Yeah. So. Well, you used, to see, you used to see the road killing muscles of guy road, and now you rarely see, you know, buzzards out there once in a while I'll find them, but. Um, it is too many cars, probably. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I, I was really, it was a really good show yesterday talking about possums, so I had a call. Well, thank you so oh, much for thanks. listening. <laughs> You're very welcome. And have a lovely day. You too. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. Well, this portion of Animal Radio was underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase supports animals in the wild. Learn more at Schmitz.com. And thanks, Schmitz, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? Um, Cottonwood, California. Cottonwood? I have never heard Mm -hmm. of that. Where is that? that... Um, Way north, uh, close to Redding. Oh, it must be beautiful up there. Mm -hmm. It is. It is beautiful, yes. Thank well, how, how can we help you today? I have a question about my uh, kitty cats, uh, and I've wondered this for a long time because I've had them my whole life. 
And I have two cats now that are predominantly house cats. However, I do let them out during the day to a big yard that they cannot get out of. Uh, and I only say that so I, so you know that they're not just racing all over the place and it's <laughs> relatively confined. Okay. Um, and I've wondered, um, one of them is mm, five years older than the other. And the younger one started this. When I go to pet him, he, his back would kind of cave in, not when he was real tiny, but when he was about a year old or so. When I go to pet him, he he wants me to pet him. It's not like he doesn't like me. But when I run my hand down his back, he kind of caved in a little bit. And I remember when that kind of started, and I thought, you know, that's weird. I've had other cats that did that occasionally. And now my older one is starting to do that, and they want me to pet them. And they do not have fleas. I took them into the vets and had them had a, had their annual here just lately. Um, and I I don't really know what that's from. That's one question I have. Why do okay. they start that? And the other is I've had kitty cats along the way that I think I know the answer to this, but I'm not sure. But when you go to pet them, they're they're fine. But then when you take your start to take your hand away, sometimes they try to paw with their little claws out, try to paw you or Occasionally, you get one that wants to nip when you take your hand away. Yeah. I, so, I are these both when, both these questions kind of relating to the same area of the body? No. Uh, when the petting is just on the back, that they cave in toward on the back. Okay. Uh, when I, when they're standing or something, I reach down to pet them, and they they want me to pet them, but I it's almost like they're. I know they're not hurt there. I just like okay. I said, I just had them to the vet, and I asked her, and she wasn't sure. But um, I don't know what, why that would be, but you must have experienced that before, haven't you? Or? Yeah, yeah. And when, you, when the kitties um, are caving in in the back, are they actually kind of sticking their butt up as well at that time? Uh, no, their, their rear end probably stays the same, but they kind okay. of dive down in the back. And then if I were to really continue, they, they almost kind of lay down. Okay. I don't... Well, with, with petting in in kitties, um, you know they're very responsive to tactile stimulation. So, meaning the, the power of touch in cats is variable. So, some cats can tolerate um, extensive petting in um, different pressures and different locations, and they're very comfortable with that, and they invite that. There are others that just the process of petting it overstimulates them. And um, mm-hmm. it can start different things. And that's what I was asking about, you know, if we had the butt up. Because a lot of cats, mm-hmm. when you pet near their lower back, they like mm-hmm. it. They kind of mm-hmm. kind of sink into it a little bit. Sometimes they'll raise their back end, their tail mm-hmm. area up in the air. And then mm-hmm. some cats will actually even respond aggressively at that point. Mm-hmm. So, I, I um, do know what you mean there. They like to be scratched kind of ahead of the tail area sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but uh-huh. any kind of petting, stroking in those areas, they may like it, but it can. It's mm-hmm. almost like I equate this to like a cat. is is kind of like me as a kid. Um, I love to get tickled, but uh-huh. it was too much, and and it mm-hmm. actually got to the point where it became painful. <laughs> so, well, I know what you mean. Yes. Uh-huh. So kind of cons- consider that and keep in mind. You know, every cat's got different levels of tolerance for the petting um, behaviors, uh-huh. um, and and there are actually cats where that will actually elicit, like I mentioned, the you know aggressive responses, um, uh-huh. and sometimes uh-huh. the, you know they'll they'll give you clues that this is too much for me. You know, the tail may flick side to side. Sometimes we'll see uh-huh. their eyes, the pupils, um, the color parts <laughs> will get really dilated, uh-huh. and those are signs that okay, this is exceeding the this level of enough. petting that I'm comfortable <laughs> with. Uh huh. So, okay, now, yeah, so uh, Dr. Debbie, what about when you have a kitty cat that um, 
these aren't my house ones, but I, I just had this, and, and my uh, my daughter has one right now that's this way where you go pet her, and then as you stop petting and take your hand away, she wants to nip at your hand. What is that about? Well, some of that, if it's not a matter of being overstimulated, it's it's she's asking for something and trying to <laughs> change your behavior. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I biting... think she wants me to keep petting is what I think. And when they reach out with their little paw and kind of grab your hand, I think they want you to pet, but I wasn't sure. Someone to ask you. Yeah, and, and that's where reading the body language is really important because if we have a kitty that's getting overstimulated and it were mm-hmm. to the point where they're going to react by a bite or a swap, um, a swiping, um, mm-hmm. we might pick up some of those other you know, nonverbal cues in ahead of time. And the goal then is to stop petting and mm-hmm. exit uh, safely and a lot of times offering mm-hmm. uh, food or a toy or something else to entertain the kitty so that you don't become the target. Because I you don't see. want to become a target, and you also don't want, in the other situation, some cats will do that, and um, the instinct is, okay, well, I won't stop. I'll just keep petting you. And they it's basically uh-huh. like a dog that is barking at you <laughs> for food. Yeah, if you I give see. into it, you are becoming trained into their will. And that's okay yeah. for some folks. You know, it really is. Cats rule a lot of homes <laughs> in this country. But if it um, becomes a negative behavior, um, then you just have to recognize that you are being by your cat. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Here are today's automotive news headlines. I'm Nick Miles. Toyota showed a full hand of new vehicles at the LA Auto Show with surprises and some new hybrid technologies that will give the Toyota Corolla Hybrid an estimated fuel economy of 54 miles a gallon. Apart from the new 2020 Corolla Hybrid, the company also had the world premiere of the first all-wheel drive Prius. Toyota also introduced the all-new 2020 Camry TRD and 2020 Toyota Avalon TRD to the world, both track-tuned for performance. To see all the new Toyotas, go to ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You found us. It is Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with our pets. We have gift ideas for the holidays. We have people that just love animals, celebrities, and the GP alike. That's That stands for general public alike. Because we all love our animals. If you're listening now, we probably all love our animals. In fact, I would say over the last 18 years that we've been doing this show, going on 19 coming up, by the way. Wow. Uh, holy moly. We've never, ever had anyone on that really didn't like their animals, with the exception of Smokey Robinson. <laughs> well, he just didn't have any animals. He, just, he, he was not an animal lover, no, though. No, he was just not an animal person. No, he wasn't. Uh, but it was nice to have him on the show anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but ever since the big Smokey Robinson interview, we, we actually vet our celebrities now and make sure that they like animals first. Yes, that's the criteria that before is... coming on the show. And the mayor of Attleboro, Massachusetts, he loves himself some animals. In fact, his dog, a uh, wolfhound, he's taken across the country on a road trip. We'll explain why in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. He is our guest, and he has been vetted. And it's hard to believe he's even a politician. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> Lori, what are you working on for this hour? 
Well, I think this is great news, so I wanted to share it with you, is that the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration arm of the government, is uh, proposing some changes to the way they handle research, a certain kind of research on dogs. Mm. And this is such a big change because they're they're actually proposing um, that at the very end of the research, instead of, you know, disposing of, you know, an animal. Euthanizing the dogs? Is that what you're using? Yeah. Instead of yeah, that, yeah, but that's that's a hard area for me to go to. I so, understand. what what they they are proposing with this new research method is that the animals be adopted at the end of the study, and they they actually would never be infected with the disease that they're trying to study. So, there's a lot of little things on this, but I I want to share it with you because your help is needed. The FDA is looking for public comment. So we'll, we'll tell you how to become involved. It's exciting to, to see the FDA doing something positive like this. And yeah, it really yeah. is. And, 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 you know, there's so much to research. I think you say the word research and people think horrible things and pins being stuck into animals. Sure. But, you know, th- you know, there's a lot that we gain from studying how things affect animals in, in developing new drugs for them, but also for ourselves. So it's a really important thing for us to address and to look at. And, and that's a really good point, Dr. Debbie, is because this kind of research that we're going to tell you more about is research that is done on dog drugs for dogs. Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes when we check news with Lori Brooks. Let's go to the phones for your calls first. Hi, Janice. How are you? I have a question for you about my Jack Russell Terrier. Okay. Um, she She's a wonderful little dog. She's in great health, uh, almost four years old. But she sheds incessantly, and every other person I've talked to that has a Jack Russell has the same problem. So, mm-hmm. is there anything I can do to eliminate some of the shedding? Uh, well, I feel your pain because I have Labradors, and they are one of the breeds that yes, are the too. worst shedders. <laughs> yes. Well, I've no, heard about I, different things to feed them. You know, like somebody told me to put fish oil on her food, and I just don't want to do something like that without getting the okay from a vet. Absolutely. Good good advice right there. Um, as far as, and can I ask, is there anything actively wrong with her as far as her skin? Is she dry or you're just looking for some shedding help? Just shedding. That's it. Okay, yeah, good. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> good. And what's her name? Her name is Candy. Candy? She rides in our truck with us. Yeah, my husband and I are truck drivers and she rides with us. She's been with us on the truck for three and a half years now. Oh, and, well, wonderful. Uh, she's, she's a queen of the truck. <laughs> well, yes, I, I will have some suggestions for you for candy. And the, okay, the sure. great recommendations when it comes to general hair and skin coat things, there's not a magic cure as much as we want a, a fix for the shedding problem. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe any product that says we're going to stop shedding because shedding is natural for every breed of dog. We see it less with some breeds and more with uh, other breeds, such as the Labradors or the short-haired breeds, the Terriers. So what I do recommend is a good fatty acid supplement. And we know that in dogs, fatty acids can help improve the luster of the coat and the health of the hair coat. They don't really stop that shed cycle, and nothing really does nor should it stop that. So some of the simple things is, yes, we can use fish oils as a supplement. And there's good ones and there's not so good ones. So some tips I'd have for you for that, making that decision would be, we want to find good sources of pure fish oil. So um, it's more than just putting some flaxseed oil or cod liver oil. Those aren't going to be the best choices for what we want to do for a pet's skin. So we look for fish oils that are rich in what we call EPA and DHA. You don't have to remember that. Just remember we want to find good purified fish oil. 
So okay. important for people and for pets. We want to find fish oil that is mercury-free, so you want to read the label. This is where buying something a little bit more expensive might be well worth it. So we want to make sure it doesn't have those kind of toxins in there. But, uh, yeah, I'd say fish oils, and there's some good veterinary line ones. Um, at my office, I use one called Icosiderm, and I really like that because it is mercury-free. And, uh, you know, I, my dog's coat looks better in the Vegas area. that It's so dry, so I really do think that makes a difference. But okay. some other things to you probably already had people tell you as far as with shedding will be good old brushing and vacuuming, okay. uh, whether you vacuum your pet <laughs> or the environment. But um, well, definitely even, get that. I've even, used, I've even used a tape roller on the dog. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, I've got a vacuum on the truck. I've got tape rollers. <laughs> Yeah. Anything yeah. you can do to get that hair out, brushing, um, you know, uh, as far as uh, the, the furminators, the shedding blades, all of those are really good things. So, okay. but the bad news is, yes, there isn't an easy fix to this problem. So, uh, yeah, well, I usually kind of get. I think we'll keep her. I think we'll keep her. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you, Janet, for your call. 1 405 8405 to talk to anyone of the Dream Team. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618. That's 888-785-0618. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Many airports around the country are helping to de-stress passengers with teams of therapy animals in the terminals. I'm sure you've noticed. Now, those animals, of course, mostly include dogs, but there is the occasional therapy pig, which struts around San Francisco International Airport, or the many therapy cats, which serve in the Denver airport, and miniature therapy horses who get to hoof it around the terminals at the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky Airport. Now, we have a new kind of therapy animal I wanted to tell you about. It appears every Friday from 1.30 to 3 p.m. at the Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport in Louisiana, where they have baby alligators waiting for you to pet them at the baggage claim. (laughs) Just don't mix them up between your bag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh. Yeah. The program is part of the airport's new partnership with the Audubon Nature Institute, which is based there in Louisiana. And they do, by the way, encourage selfies for that souvenir that you won't soon forget. But these little gators, they say, are used to being handled and are pretty nice. They're pretty small, too, since they're babies, only one to three feet long. Now, in keeping with the goals of reducing, replacing, and or refining the use of animals in research, the Food and Drug Administration, the arm of the government, has released for public comment their proposed research to validate 
an alternative approach for what they call bioequivalence studies for certain animal drugs. Now, bioequivalence studies, what they do is they compare pharmaceutical products, uh, for example, an original approved product with a proposed generic version, okay? So the FDA says they expect this new approach to research that they're planning, that it will provide those who make drugs for dogs with a scientifically sound method to demonstrate bioequivalence for certain drugs that does not require, as it does now, that dogs be euthanized at the end of the research. Also, none of the dogs will be artificially infected with diseases under this new research plan. And they say every effort will be made to ensure that animals' health from the time they arrive at the test facilities until they are retired for adoption as pets, that they are happy and healthy. Now, another proposed change is that for at least two months before a study is set to begin, the FDA's animal care staff will be working with those dogs to socialize them and acclimate them to being handled, specifically geared toward what kind of research they're going to be helping with. The dogs will also receive regular veterinary care, including preventive care, so the dogs remain well socialized and healthy, and thus they are able, more likely, to be adopted at the end of the research. In fact, we're going to put the link where you can contribute your comment on this proposed research because the FDA is soliciting comments. We'll give you the link, and we'll put that on our website at animalradio.com. Hey, I just wanted to mention that, you know, this is something I don't think a lot of pet owners know is a significant concern is just because a drug has the same core drug doesn't mean it works the same in the animal. We see this all the time with different insulin types in animals, as well as other types of medications where they may be a brand name and the generic do not perform the same. And, and I've seen in animals lose control of a chronic disease because we assume that they're the same, but they're not always. So this is an important aspect of research for for uh, treating pets. That's a really good point because I did have a, a cat who was on insulin and we did have to buy the the brand name as you I think it was Lantus but that was many years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, a dog that has been in the middle of a road for more than three months waiting for its owner to return. Does that break your heart already? Mm. So this dog has sparked an outpouring of emotion on Chinese social media after a video of the dog was made showing it standing guard mm-hmm. near where its owner was reportedly killed in an accident back in August. Now, volunteers are working very hard over there to find relatives of the owner who died and plenty of people have tried catching the dog who they they say gets scared and moves away when people try to approach it but very interesting hopefully this doesn't go on as long is the comparison of the dog to japan's famous hachiko that's the akita that legendarily waited for its dead owner for more than nine years outside of a train station in tokyo back in the 1920s It's a touching story, and that's actually one of the videos I did see. I think you it was propagated by one of the news outlets about this dog, you know, just sitting in the middle right. of the street waiting for his owner to come back. But are they mourning? Or if you believe in spirits or, you know, uh, hauntings or whatever, um, you know, is it that they're waiting for their owner or is it that they sense some remnants Ooh. of their spirit there, and that's where why they choose to stay there? Ooh, what what is your opinion on that, Dr. Debbie? What do you think it is? 
You know, I don't, I'm not close enough to either situation to know, but I'm just kind of throwing that out there because we're all assuming that they're waiting kind of like, I don't want to say the dog's ignorant, but maybe he senses something more than anyone else around there can. And that's why he chooses to not leave because he still feels some connection to that location. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Look at the hairs on my neck. Check that. I was checking the hair in your ear. (laughs) Thank you for that. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime you need it here at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll head back to the phones for your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 in just a moment. But first, visiting with the mayor of Attleboro, Massachusetts, Paul Haro is joining us. Hi, Paul. Hi, thanks for having me on. I want you to tell us the story, a very touching story, about Mira. Is it? How do you pronounce her name? Mira? Mira, that's correct. Mira, who is a, uh, a wolf dog, right? Yeah, she's a little Japanese wolf dog. I mean, that's not formally what the breed is called, but I, um, I that's just how I refer to her. Okay, and how long has she been your dog? Well, I got her when she was eight weeks old, and that was ten year over ten years ago. Uh, she'll turn eleven in February, and yeah, she's the most precious thing in the world to me. She's my little family. And she was diagnosed with uh, cancer. That's correct. Back on September twenty first, uh, she was here at work with me at City Hall. And she walked over to me, and uh, I could tell something was wrong. And when I picked her up, she suddenly fainted. And I knew something was just wrong. I thought she was having an allergic reaction to some new treats. So I I rushed her to the hospital, and within a few minutes, they said, okay, here's the problem. They um, told me her spleen had ruptured, and she was bleeding internally. Mm. And so if she didn't get immediate surgery, she would have died that day. So I got her surgery, uh, put it on the credit card, as most people would have to do an application like that. And then a week later, they contacted me, the, the veterinary hospital contacted me and said, hey, we have some bad news for you. We did a biopsy on the spleen, and it turns out she has um, blood cancer. It's oh. called hemangiosarcoma. And um, so I went in, and we talked about it. With tr- uh, Without treatment, she would only have lived one to three months from the time of diagnosis. That's about a 50% chance of living one to three months. Uh-huh. With chemotherapy, she is uh, has a 50% chance of living six months um, and about a 10% chance of living one year. And that's from basically the end of September. And what did you decide to do? Did you go ahead with the chemotherapy or, or not? Yes, I did. Yeah, she's gone through three of her six rounds of chemotherapy. And I'm also uh, trying her on a couple other uh, naturopathic type approaches that are backed up by research. I only put her on stuff that's been you know, um, supported by peer-reviewed, published empirical research. And so um, like turkey tail mushroom is one of those things that kind of sounds hokey and corny, turkey tail <laughs> mushroom, but University of Pennsylvania published some good research on this a couple of years back. So I've, I've started her on that because what that would do is hopefully uh, it, it fights against the cancer, kind of like the chemotherapy does. It's, it's not going to cure her. There is no cure at this point for um, what she has. But, it, you know, it's, 
is something that will eventually consume her. And that's too bad. She's my family, the you know, most precious thing in the world to me. Uh, I just want to say for most people that don't understand, a dog can undergo chemotherapy. They, they go through it very well and their hair doesn't fall out. Is oh, that I didn't know that. Is that correct? That's right. That's Well, that's what's happening with her is that she seems to be fine. It makes her a little bit nauseous. I've noticed that. So uh, she she loses her appetite a little bit, but I can give her a couple of appetite stimulants. That way she doesn't start to get weak or anything. And I've also changed her diet over uh, to a pretty much all meat diet. And uh, I always gave her like a very good uh, dog food, you know, the stuff you buy at the pet store as opposed to the grocery store. So, you know, she's she's had a very good life. It's just unfortunate that I'm going to lose her about four or five years early. Um, but, yeah, she's, you know, a wonderful little animal. How long has it been since the diagnosis? September 28th is when I got the bad news, and uh, that was about two months ago. And then uh, right after that, you decided to take Mora on a road trip across the nation. We're going to find out more about that. Stick around. It is Animal Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. (laughs) If it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Kia introduces the 2020 Soul EV at the LA Auto Show. A new fast charging system allows the vehicle to recharge 80% in just 75 minutes. Kia also introduced the brand new 2019 Nero EV based on the 2019 Nero platform. This is the perfect complement to the Soul EV. The company estimates that the new range of the Nero will be 239 miles, dramatically reducing range anxiety. In just 75 minutes, you can charge 191 miles. To see these cars, go to ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets and the mayor of Alboro, Massachusetts, Paul Haro, is joining us. His dog was diagnosed with blood cancer, and that's when he decided to take a road trip of sorts. What did you do? It, that's right. It was just I hadn't been on vacation in over three years, and so I was planning a trip to the Middle East. But then what happened was I got the bad news, and I said, well, if time is limited with her, I'm not going to spend it overseas for the next two weeks or two weeks out of that, like, limited months I have. So I decided to take a ride to go meet her breeder in Canada on Vancouver Island. So I drove out, and along the way, I stopped at a bunch of national sites like Niagara Falls and uh, Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone National Park and Seattle. And I was taking pictures, but nobody knew where I was going. Um, but I was posting pictures of her. You know, it's, it's, it's not really cute when the mayor posts pictures of himself on Facebook. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's, just, there's, there's nothing cute about that. It's kind of just like kind of, I don't know, it's kind of, it's just whatever, you know, but if you post pictures of this dog, this cute little dog going from one state to the next state, from one a national site to another, I mean, it's it sort of, uh, it just kind of caught fire. 
And by the time I got to Seattle, uh, people had already been chiming in like crazy. The posts had been getting hundreds of hits. I had already picked up hundreds of new Facebook followers. And at the end of the day, I picked up over 2,000 new Facebook followers. And so, you know, you talk about all these monuments you visited in a breeder, but you're mm-hmm. le- leaving out one very important one, and that's the Freeway Gas Station Hot Dogs. Yeah, that one. I mean, she loved it. She, I cut it up into little pieces for her, and uh, she gobbled it right up. Oh, she thought it was you know Christmas come early for her, but she was she. she it, it hit her later on though. Oh, you know what? We all mock those hot dogs that are turning in circles <laughs> at the convenience store, but we were all salivating at the yeah. same time. So I'm sure that was great for her. What else uh, had, did she get to do on the trip, and did she enjoy it? Well, yeah, what she liked the most was spending time with me for 12 days because she and I have a very special bond. I mean, she's she's family to me. A lot of people have asked me, hey, how do I get one of those dogs? She's absolutely beautiful. And I say, well, would you pick out your girlfriend based on looks? No. Well, don't pick out her dog based on looks. (laughs) You know, you're asking for trouble. So you got to have the right temperament. And she and I have that that just that right fit that a lot of people have with their uh, their dogs. And so. Um, but spending time together, tw- 12 days, all day, every day, that's what she liked the most. Maybe she liked seeing and smelling the bison when we were in Yellowstone National Park because I put down the window and I was holding onto her harness so she wouldn't jump out the window and make a run for it. But uh, I think she really enjoyed that. Her little heart was pounding, and then there was also a, an elk that she was looking at and her little she loved that she just had her head out the window just looking at them and smelling them and it was it was just really nice to do, spend all that time together I mean, because she doesn't know what national uh, sites are like you know mount rushmore or or niagara falls or the grand canyon none of that makes any difference to her but she got to just spend time with me that was what she liked and she's still here isn't she oh yeah yeah she's at home right now okay and yeah, how, I bring, how's she yeah, I bring, how, how's she doing Oh, she's doing very well. Um, you wouldn't know it that she has cancer if you met her. Uh, her energy level is still just as what it used to be. Um, you know, she she's her excitement for every day is what it always was. When I come home, she's happy to see me. And well, I'm um, hoping she well surpasses that six month and year long mark. I am too, and that's why I'm trying her on a couple of different things. I've had people reach out to me from literally all over the world. Uh, suggesting I try one thing or another. The only thing I want to put her on is what's been peer-reviewed by, uh, you know, and, and published in an academic sure. uh, journal. Uh, you know, there there might be something out there that people are experimenting with right now. Uh, for example, a lot of people say try CBD oil, but I, if, if I don't have any published peer-reviewed research, then I, I don't want to put her on it. Well, we're right on the cutting edge of that, uh, really, the, the the research that's being done on that. Yeah, I mean, there's, you can buy it on the internet. You can buy it in Providence, Rhode Island, which is not too far away. Here in Massachusetts, we um, a couple of years back, we legalized marijuana through a ballot question, and so here in the city that I'm mayor of, we have a number of shops that are opening up. Um, you know, this is a non psychotropic uh, like element of marijuana sure. is what it you know the marijuana plant, but. Yeah, it's becoming increasingly easy to find. Yeah. You sound like a great mayor. If you're if you're as good a mayor as you are a pet daddy. <laughs> I'll tell you a couple of things unrelated to her that I did here in Attleboro. But yeah. One of them is I 
um, Attleboro City Hall pet friendly. So now um, when people come to City Hall, we actually love it when people bring dogs wow. into even lizards. I mean, people brought lizards in and dogs. And, you know, we actually the people here love animals. And it really because, you know, we're here doing government work all day. And then all of a sudden somebody walks in with a little fur ball and it's like, oh, who's this? You know, and people get excited and, and then people come out of their offices and they all hover around this one little animal for maybe a couple minutes. Then they go back to their offices and they go back and sit down at their desk a little bit happier which is good for everybody because then when they answer the phone they're a little bit happier when they they get up in there you know they when they're doing that when they go back and sit down and they're doing their work again they're a little bit happier to do their work so just having the animals come into the work environment really makes it a nicer work environment you know, Mira has been part of my sideshow. I mean, she knocked on doors with me and she would stand in front of grocery stores with me to collect signatures and we'd go walk in parades and we'd, we'd go to, uh, where else? We'd walk, um, go to like senior homes and on schools. So, I mean, she's been part of my political identity for a long time. Hmm. We need more awesome. politicians like you. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Great. Thanks for having me on and let me tell my story about my girl. That is Mayor Paul Hero of Attleboro, Massachusetts. Well, it's time for us to get on out of here. Or it's it's time for us to bounce. That's what those kids are saying these days. Bounce? Bounce. Really? We got to bounce. Bounce? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if you need to, you see, look, Dr. <laughs> Debbie's so hip. <laughs> I'm like, huh? I can't even fake him. I know. <laughs> if you need your fix during the week, head on over to our website at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. We're bouncing. This is Animal Radio Network.